You are listening to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast, the podcast that teaches self-published children's book authors how to use branding to connect with readers, leverage content to sell more books, and grow a business that goes beyond the book. Being a children's book author means you've found a unique way to deliver messages with words and illustration. But to thrive as an independent publisher, you'll need to master the art of attracting and engaging with readers so that you can sell more books. Join me to learn proven marketing strategies that can be implemented without hassle or complexity to take your publishing endeavors to new heights. I'm your host, Michaela Simone Ben, mompreneur marketing maven, fellow self-published children's book author and content creator. Are you ready to define success on your own terms? Then let's get to it. Welcome to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. I'm your host, Michaela, and I want to welcome you to listening in today. I have such a treat for you, and I am so excited to share. Today, I'm specifically going through some things that I'm facing right now in my children's book author journey, and I'm sharing these moments here and there on Instagram, here on the podcast, and also in a few other places like on my emails. So I want to encourage you to learn from some of the things that I'm doing. And also if there are things that I'm doing that you want to know more about, feel free to reach out to me in an email so that I can specifically address what's happening. Because what we're going through right now is the stage called pre-marketing. Now, Pre-marketing may not be something that you're familiar with. So what I'm going to do is define it for you and help distinguish the difference between pre-marketing and pre-sale and how pre-sale is different from the launch phase. Now, most people lump them all together, but I break them out in unique buckets and I want to explain how it's easier to manage the overwhelm when it can be done in an approach that is more systematic. So there's that. Today, I'm gonna focus on pre-marketing because that's where I'm at right now. And a month or so from now, when I'm going through that whole pre-sale phase, I'll break that down even further. What exactly is pre-marketing? Well, first of all, let's back it up and explain that whenever there's a discussion around book launching, there seems to be a mistake made so commonly, which is that the launch is a specific date. That is not actually how launching in the product world works. Product marketing typically has launch periods. And during those periods of time, there's a distinct period carved out to do certain things within a certain time frame. Now, when people say, I'm going to launch my book on a specific date, let's just say the 15th of the month, a lot of people make the mistake of believing that the 15th of the month is when you tell the world that there's something amazing that you're doing and that is the only time you really have to do it. But the truth of the matter is, it's a lot more involving than that. There should be advanced notice going up to that 15th of the month mark. And there should also be ongoing attention paid by the author to distinctly communicating that their book is available. And so I want to 
build the framework so that you understand how to stretch it out and why. Hey, it's Nikella. Real quick, I got a question for you. Have you already subscribed to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast? If you haven't, then I want to invite you to do that right now on your favorite streaming service. That way you never miss an episode. Each time an episode goes live, you'll always be notified and it will be there waiting for you so you never have to try to go find it and lose track of it among the hundreds of other things that you have going on. When you subscribe, you're showing your support, of course, and I appreciate that. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Now, back to the podcast. The first step in the whole launch sequence is pre-marketing. Pre-marketing is the time between the beginning of the self-publishing process and having a place to send people to buy your book. That's the point in time where you're working through all of the administrative elements of getting your book ready for someone's eyes to feast. That's also a time when you should be sharing and shedding light on what you're doing with the people who are your supporters, people who are among your audience, people who are followers of yours. And so I'm going to break this down in a way that you understand that pre-marketing is like lights, camera, action. Lights is pre-marketing. Camera is pre-sale. That's the time you take to have focused energy on the earliest sales being generated for your book. That's when you spend time soliciting support from family and friends to buy your book or to share that you have a book that's coming out and will be available on a certain date. And that's when you actually have some place to send people so that they can make a purchase. During pre-marketing, you don't yet have some place to send someone so that they can make a purchase in most cases, but I'll explain the exception. So that's lights, pre-marketing, camera, pre-sale, building out that visibility, and then action. That's the launch. That's when the distinct messaging explains how to purchase your book, what the book is about, and where it's available for the people who want to purchase it. Emphasis is placed then on the whole novelty of it because it's something that's new, it's something exciting. And when people get behind the opportunity to consume your work, there's the aspect of sharing and making more prominent the work that you've done. So excitement means promoting. Excitement means campaigning. And the way launching typically works it's not just for a week or two, it's for a series of weeks. And once the other side of everything begins to take shape, that's post-launch. That's what are the ongoing things that you do to continue generating excitement for your children's book, for the mission that you have set out to share with the world, for the purpose that you have defined in your branding, for the objectives on who you want to reach and how in fun, unique, and creative ways. So now that I've given you that overview of lights, camera, action, that's a process that I created based on all of my experience in product marketing and managing launches from the developmental stage of the process all the way through to commercialization. 
And because most of those products are far more expensive and have a much longer lead time to create, there are so many different things that I can share about what goes on into each stage. 10 things that can be done in pre-marketing so that you're sharing and shedding light on what you're doing. And I am going to cover these 10 things in a way that is succinct as possible because it's not supposed to be a forever kind of thing. There's a certain degree of momentum that comes with some of the more focused efforts involved with pre-marketing. And when you have so much time stretched out where people are anticipating and people are waiting and people are hoping that what you say you're doing is actually happening, it's easy to lose people in being, unfortunately, like the little boy who cried wolf. I have a book coming. I have a book coming. You can say that for six months and somebody at some point is going to stop believing you because that book isn't there in the time frame that you've given. Now, during pre-marketing is where you take people through your journey. So it is quite possible that you intended to put something out there at a specific time and it didn't happen. Well, part of pre-marketing is so that you can explain what's happening behind the scenes. So if it does turn out to be a six month long journey that lapses between when you first announce that you have a book that you want people to know about and when you actually begin taking orders for your pre-sale campaigning, take people along the journey with you so that they understand and continue to believe in what you're doing and lend their support as well as their attention to helping you get through it, either be it from an encouragement standpoint or with connections and collaborations that they may be able to create on your behalf. So first thing of 10 things is to finalize your illustrations and your manuscript during this pre-marketing timeframe. You're taking people through your journey, remember? And so there are some things that may be new to you for the first time, going through the process of illustrating your book and having the manuscript finalized is something that you can explain to people as you're helping them understand just where you are in the stage of your author journey. Number two, ordering your book sample and having your book sample with you so that you can make the necessary revisions to update if necessary, change if required, and make consistent everything that lives in the space of your illustrations and your manuscript. So if number two is that you take your book sample and you take everything that has been printed apart, what you want to do during this stage of pre-marketing is affirm that things are as you hoped or they're not and you're going to fix them. In the messaging that you share and in the activity that you do, taking people through that aspect of your journey will also help to ensure that there's visibility to something that's on its way and it's working its way through the process. Now, I happen to have recently received my book sample and I received more than one type of the book because I wanted to understand how the book would look if it was printed on paper of a certain weight. I also wanted to understand how the book would feel at a different weight because the different weight is going to affect the shipping rate and it's also going to have to feel right to 
a reader. And because I have a small child and we read books together all the time, how heavy the book is, is something that is concerning to me. In addition to the illustrations matching up and making sure that the manuscript reads as it should, because ultimately what I want is for readers to have a favorable experience with the book. I had to take some time to make sure that what I give the printer as their final approved version of my book to print is perfection. And But finalizing it all to get it to print is going to save you a ton of time having to wait for the book to reprint if it isn't accurate as you anticipated when you have however many quantities you've ordered for your first print run. Number three, this time for pre-marketing is good for figuring out exactly how you are going to tell your story. So being able to tell the story is what helps you to secure some of the early interest behind what you're doing and why. I was able to do that with a crowdfunding campaign. And that crowdfunding campaign was also my way of funding the project, finalizing the illustrations, making sure there was enough on hand to order the first print run and ship the first print run and have money for marketing. And fortunately, praise God, my Kickstarter campaign funded Details of how all of that went, I captured in YouTube for the Children's Book Marketing channel. I encourage you going to check that out because I share so much there. And I want to make sure that if you're thinking about how exactly to use this pre-marketing time frame, what you're able to do is not just tell the story, but let people in to understand who you are. Number four, establish your distribution channels for sales and fulfillment. Distribution channels are essentially all of the places that your book will be available for sale. And there may be some places that you have in mind already, but there are a lot more that you may not be familiar with. I actually have something that is a great resource to help you understand all of the various places where your book can be available for sale. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's ultimately one of those documents that helps you as a children's book author understand that you don't have to limit yourself to channels for distribution like Amazon or just the bookstores that are major retailers that you might be familiar with. There are lots of other places in between. I don't think it's necessary to only put your book in one place, but making sure you select all of the right places is the goal there. So you can select that during your pre-marketing phase and also share that as a part of your journey. Now, within the same step, figure out how you want to make your book available through those channels, whether that means you will print the books on demand and have them released through digital channels or work with a printer who can print them on your behalf, send them to you to hold as inventory. And if that is something you're going to pursue, how that fulfillment strategy works for you has to be defined during this pre-marketing stage. What you don't want to do is get all the way to having a book in hand and then having to figure out how you're going to get it to the people who place the orders. Number five, 
This is the best time to get together all of your branding and professional graphic designs. The imagery that stands behind your book, your author brand, should be cohesive. It should represent the fullness of what you feel best shows you as who you want to show up to be in front of your ideal reader. And if that means for you deciding that you have a color palette and a set of messages that are in alignment with what your book, graphics, and imagery looks like, this is where you make that distinction. If it's something that's altogether different, it may seem disjointed. So figuring out how somebody can see you, the author, and identify you, even at first glance, identify the branding that they see with you as the author with the branding that you have in place for your book. Here's where you determine what you want to say about your overall purpose and mission. So branding is not just visual aesthetics. Branding is also being able to communicate the value that your book brings, be that enrichment for children, entertainment for children, or highlighting special needs populations or certain issues that exist that are not often discussed or even that are often discussed and you're highlighting them in a different framework. Hey, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I do not post all day, every day on Instagram and Pinterest without the help of a tool called Planoly. Planoly is what I use to schedule all of my content for release when it's supposed to go out. And instead of sitting around trying to figure out what the right next steps are to take, the analytics within Planoly tell me that. So there's no guesswork. Saves me a ton of time and it also makes it easier for me to manage helping other authors by posting content for them through my agency. If you're looking for a way to not have any guesswork with your social media posting, automate it using Planoly. Now, back to the episode. Number six, plan content to release for presale so that it tells your brand story. Number five and number six go together because once you get that part of your branding down where you're talking about what's most important to you and why you created this story, figuring out how to share the content is the next thing that you have to do with your branding, where you're going to release it, what social media channels or what email service provider you are going to use to release messages to your early supporters. When you plan content to release for pre-sale, you're talking about things that you are dealing with right now. You're talking about things that help take people through the steps with you. So when you have a mistake, it's safe to share that. When you have a win, it's safe to share that. When you have some high expectation met that just completely takes you over the moon and makes your day, you can share that as well. Prepare, however, what's to come for your pre-sale, which is a little bit different than what you're talking about during that pre-marketing stage. Because remember, pre-marketing is all of the things you're doing to get your book ready for someone to make a purchase. Pre-sale, again, just to reiterate, 
is the time that you have to focus your energy on getting early sales and soliciting support from friends and family to buy or send you buyers for your children's book. Number seven, plan campaigns for your launch and beyond. Remember, I break this up into lights, camera, action, and action is your launch. So if the launch is something that you want people to get all the way behind, making it fun for them and getting their commitment up front, as well as some of the things that help to just really engage people, that is on you. And that is where marketing campaigns come in. Of course, these campaigns don't stop after the launch period has ended. That post-launch period is where these carry into. So it's up to you during pre-marketing to lay out the plan that helps you figure out what you're going to do that's unique for your pre-sale buyers, what you're going to do that's unique for your launch, and what you're going to do beyond the launch in your post-launch period. Number eight, build a website and your media kit. Not only do you want to build the website for a variety of reasons, but you have to build into your website what exactly you want people to reach out to you for. And that's where your media kit comes in. In the Brand Story Boulevard world, a media kit has at least nine different things that it includes, ranging from your author bio to your book description. Distribution outlets are covered there. How exactly people are going to make purchases from you if they have an interest in bulk sales. The Brand Story Boulevard media kit also explains to people why you want them to contact you if that's for virtual readings or live in person, if you have workshops that you've associated with your children's book, if there's some other magnitude of value, this is where it goes. And I probably left off a few of the things that are in a Brand Story Boulevard media kit, but the gist of it is having some place to take people that you maintain control over is a power play for you. It gives your content someplace to call home, but it also makes available alternate merchandising opportunities for you that align with the theme, characters, and story of your book. But it also gives you a place where you can guarantee that you're going to be able to maximize your royalties. You're not paying a third party to put your book out there. You're the one who's responsible for doing that, and you get to keep more of the royalties in so doing. Number nine, create a targeted list of influencers, collaborators, and institutions, as well as corporations and small businesses. This is crucial. You don't have to do anything with it just yet during pre-marketing other than create the list and decide how you want to come at these people when you ask for their help in extending your message. You're going to be committed to building your audience, right? It's great to be able to do that with people who already have an established audience in place and with people who want to help support your goals. Those are your collaborators, people who have institutional connections to corporations, people who have connections to small business owners whose business is in some way aligned with the story that you want to tell. 
Each of those avenues are ways that you can borrow somebody else's audience to reach a broader group of people who you would consider to be your ideal reader. Number 10, produce alternate versions of your book. Now you're going to likely start with an ebook. That's a given. Hardcover book, that's optional. For me, it's a requirement because that is my preferred way of enjoying children's book content. But there are other versions that you could introduce as well. One other version is an audiobook. That could be available for sale in a variety of places that your ebook is simply not going to be promoted. So you have the ebook with audio where someone can use not only the narrator's voice, but also flip through the pages electronically at the same time. Another way to use this time to develop a different version of your book is to translate it into American Sign Language. Without being able to hear the words in the language that they can receive it, we're doing some parts of our audience maybe a disservice. So making the book available in American Sign Language is something you should consider. And then also making your book available in an alternate language. Now, I happen to live in a very diverse community where the county that I live in has a very large Spanish-speaking population. So I would be remiss if I did not translate my book into Spanish because small business owners who are in my community not only have signs that are in Spanish, but they have family members who only speak Spanish. And I want people to enjoy the story based on the mode that they are most confident in reading. If the languages that are around you are not Spanish, or if you have some connection to a special population of a different language, making your book available in that language is the best thing for you to do. And so with that, all 10 steps of what can happen during the pre-marketing phase have been explained. It has, however, been ongoing since I did the Kickstarter in December. So remember when I said part of your story may be, I had plans on this date to happen and it didn't happen that date. It's going to happen later than expected. I am living proof of telling that story and the effect of it. What it's done, of course, the Kickstarter backer community has been up to date on all of it, but I've also shared that with my audience at large. And what that's given me is some transparency for them and also for me to take people through that part of my journey, the ups, the downs, the disappointments. It just shows some of the human element because the truth of the matter is if you think of what people will become acquainted with, with me as an author, they'll see the positive side of me and they'll see the side of me that's a little bit laid back, a little bit more laid back than <laughs> my illustrator ever expected. For instance, whenever we ran into a roadblock with the designs or the illustrations, what we did was take a minute to let the creative process simmer. And okay, it's probably the yogi in me that didn't get me all up twisted and upset about how the process was going. But you know what happened during that process? When we had to peel back and readjust, I was able to create more ideas for merchandise that directly fits with the story. 
So initially, what we started off with was a line of stationery, which is an obvious thing to do because the book, Little Mr. Fix-It Assists with the To-Do List, has an actual list that the characters are working from. And that combined with me being a toddler mom, toddler is learning to write, and toddler needs some place to write that is not going to be damaging to any parts of our decor here in the house. Well, that was the thing that immediately jumped out as a yes, let's do that. But then while we were going through this process and we keep getting these delays and we keep having these readjustment periods to make sure that the illustrations are going in the direction that we hoped, that gave me more time to think about other ways to bring experiences to the readers who are going to enjoy this book. So it went from just a stationary line to also incorporating learning and enrichment exercises because kids who are age three to eight, who are the ideal range of readers for this book, they're learning the alphabet. They're learning new words. They're learning how to add new concepts to their growing minds. So I created ways to bring that to life. Some of them are principles. Some of them are exercises that are interactive. And that enabled us to say, all right, to someone who can create crafts, this is something that may be missing from the experiential aspect of this book. Can you create crafts based on what is shown in the illustrations that will help people who read this book spend more time together? Because that's also one of the mantras that I have as an author, bringing families closer together. So now we've got line of stationery, we've got enrichment tools and developmental things that can help kids with learning. And we've got a set of crafts by someone who is excellent at creating engaging activities. Those are all coming together, but it doesn't stop there. Time went by even a few months later. Seemed like a good idea to introduce a whole crafty thing that I wanted to do. And what we have since landed on with this whole crafty thing that I wanted to do, and I was inspired by somebody who's on TikTok, and I was inspired by a product line that I had developed previously, and just by some of the art that I have created just out of my own whimsical need to be expressive and creative. So now there's also a line of boys' room home decor items that are fashioned off of illustrations in the book. Not going to spend a whole lot of time going through that today, but know that in all of the time that it takes during pre-marketing, you can use the time wisely in addition to putting in place the systems that are necessary, but also to expand your reach and take the limits completely off so that when you release your book, you not only stage out what you're going to do to excite people, but you also stage out when you're going to introduce different versions of your book, when you may make available merchandise that accompanies your book, who you want to connect with to help bring greater visibility to that. All of those things happen during pre-marketing. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Until next time, see you later.